Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. I so desperately seek you, Lord. Father, I want you to make your word come alive in our hearts and in our minds this morning. And Lord, I ask that nothing in me hinders that. Lord, I ask that it's actually your mind guiding me, your mouth guiding mine, your eyes guiding mine, your ears guiding mine. Papa, I ask that you get all the glory and all the praise, and I humbly submit this into your care. Amen. <clears throat> so the, the map that you see there um, is, it says on the top, the final month of Jesus' ministry. Well, when I started reading Luke 18 and then Luke 19, Luke 19 kind of starts Jesus' final week. But Luke 18 up to the beginning of 19 is the week right before, almost the Friday before Jesus' final week on this earth as a human. And when, and when I realized that, I thought, man, I should pay attention here a little bit. You know, I've studied, and, and we all have probably studied Jesus' final week. But what right before that final week? Like this, this is it, you know? He is entering, he, he is, he is it, where you see that, that uh, X that says Perea, I guess, or that X below Perea. He is in Luke 18, he is journeying, journey, oh. he is moving now by foot <laughs> from the X to Jericho. And we are going to pick him up on his trip through Luke 18, and then basically right before Jericho, and then he's leaving Jericho. And so, if you would indulge me, if you would indulge me to read Luke 18, and, and you can follow along if you want, you can just sit back and slow your, your mind and heart down and just listen and receive as I, as I read this, and, uh, and then we'll dig into it a little deeper. So Luke 18, I'm going to start there. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary, she would cry. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or even care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, 
he will see, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So Jesus just shares this parable. Now, as I continue reading, I want you to think of the position these people were in. Okay? You think of the position, the location, the place, their attitude, their heart, the position they are at. So, verse 9, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like the other people, a robber, evildoer, or adulterer, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to heaven. He beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a... Whoa. (laughs) Missed a paragraph there, sorry. Verse 15. People people who were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place their hands on them, when the disciples said this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said... Let the, little one, let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Verse 18. A rich young ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. All these I have kept since I've been a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. And Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for a rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And Peter said to him, we have all left. We have, we have, 
left all and have followed you, Jesus said, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or wife or brother or sister or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age as in the age to come eternal life. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man must be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles and they will mock him and insult him and spit on him. They will flog him and they will kill him and on the third day he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden to them. And they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? And they, they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. <clears throat> but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Then Jesus, chapter 19, and Jesus entered Jericho. And passing through, a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. While Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of the sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And, I have, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, today salvation has come to your house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. 
For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen. So I'm going to stop there. You kind of see that progression as Jesus moved from that X to Jericho. And as he moved along the way, he encounters, he encounters a persistent widow, or he, he gives a parable about a persistent widow and a Pharisee and a tax collector. He called little children unto himself that people tried to rebuke. He, he encountered a rich young ruler. He met with his disciples, predicted his death. He encountered a blind beggar outside of Jericho. And he has lunch with Zacchaeus, a tax collector. And you know, as I, as I looked at all that stuff, I was like, he's just moving along. Jesus is just walking. And we know where he's headed. His destination is the cross. I mean, that was the sole purpose he came to this world was to lay his life down for us. But as he moved towards his destiny, he impacted everyone that encountered him. Some he impacted in such a way where they rebuked him, they rejected him, the Pharisees. They're the ones that, that crucified him. Others, when he encountered them, he changed their lives forever. Blind men could see, lame men could walk, demon-possessed were set free. And I was just wild when I slow down and start to think that as he moved about his day, and I thought of the people that he encountered, I thought of the parables that he told, and I tried to find some commonality in that, that last week before his final week, what was going on? And you know, one of the things, and I'm sure there's many that my mind at present cannot understand or pick up, but the one thing that really grabbed a hold of me was the position these people got in relation to him. The, the place that they put themselves. And you know, I, I started meditating and thinking about that position. You know? My life is based on position. You know, I survey, and everything in my world has an X and a Y and a Z coordinate. <laughs> everything. I break it down. It has a position. If you ever wondered what in the world you were doing in algebra when you plotted a line and you marked the X and the Y, and sometimes then geometry with the Z, it's the position. It's its actual location. And I started thinking about these people, the, the, these parables with people in them, and how they related to Christ, and then their X, Y, and Z, their position in relation to that situation. You know? And, and, I, and I saw a persistent widow. And what was her position her position was, I know who has the answer, and I am going to him until he gives me that answer. Persistent. And Christ said, that is the position of prayer. She would not relent. She went 
and she went and she went. And that was that position. And you know, then I saw the, the Pharisee and the, and the tax collector. And, and, and you look at him and you, and you see a Pharisee, self-righteous. As he stood all robed and he was proper. And he prayed where everyone could see him. And then as he, even in his prayers, enumerated his accomplishments and denounced the other people's failures. I'm not a robber or a thief or an adulterer. I give a tenth of all I have. I am an amazing man, Lord. Do you see me? But you know, in his position, he was blind. He was completely in the dark. But he thought he could see very well. He had no idea that even though he kept a commandment, his heart and the position it was in was so far away from God. And then you had a tax collector. And I don't think we even can relate. I know I have a hard time relating to a tax collector. But in this day, in this time, a tax collector was the scum of the earth. Jesus even talks in Matthew when he's, when he's telling the church how to discipline is, is conducted in the church and he goes about and he explains all these steps you go before them. And if they don't listen, then you bring your brothers with them. They don't listen. And then he says, cast them out. That they would be like the pagan or the tax collector. That's who he uses there. You want to have nothing to do with them. You want to put them away from you. And I thought, whoa. That's what they thought of of a tax collector. But we have a tax collector in this temple, and he's praying. He won't look up. He's having a hard time even coming to grips with who he is. And he can only beat his chest and say, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you know, he didn't even realize that he was in the position to receive that blessing. He was in the position that God says, this man went away justified. He was humble. And then, and then you have... The little children, right? Jesus with these little children. I thought it was interesting because Jesus was dedicating the kids. It says he was, they were bringing them to him for him to put his hand on them, <laughs> for him to pray on them. Wow. <laughs> what mother wouldn't push through the crowd with her baby for Jesus to put his hand on them? <laughs> and the disciples 
were in the wrong position. Holy smokes, they were blind. They were going, hold on, hold up there, Missy. He don't see no kids. We're getting overwhelmed. He's done his limit for the day. We're going to be moving on, you know? They were thinking of it like the whole Santa Claus thing, you know? Oh, next in line, come on. It's done. No more. This is crazy. He is so important. He's got so much stuff to do. He said we've got to be in Jerusalem. It's X number of days. We cannot be messing around with you guys. And what's Jesus do? Rebukes him. He basically says, shut up. You have no idea. These little ones are in the position to receive the blessing in the heart that I desire. They're innocent and they're pure and there's, they don't have years of built up bitterness and anger in them. They look at life as what it is. He said, let them come. He said, I tell you, anyone who will not receive, I truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. He said, I tell you what, you have to get in the position that they are in. You don't even understand their heart. You don't understand how they see the world. You look at it with an agenda, and they look at it with just pleasing me. Jesus' followers were in the wrong place, in their heads, in their hearts, you know? They're following along a savior. They're following along their rabbi, their teacher, as he's going to continue to teach them and show them stuff, as they're going to continue to be with the guy that can heal and set free. And they're, 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 on this, they're in this place where they enjoy that. They're learning, they're growing, but they're, they're really not there yet. They can't see. And then we, and then we come to the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler, man, he was rich, you know? He kept all the commandments since he was a youth. He lacked nothing. And he saw Jesus and saw what he was doing, and he wanted to be a part of it. You know, he did. And he had never not been given what he wanted in life. He'd always had it. And as he ran to Christ and he meets him, he basically cries out, I want to be with you. I want to follow you. And Jesus says, okay. Okay. You know what? As I look at your life, you lack one thing. You lack one thing thing your position is almost exactly where it needs to be but one thing tell me you know tell me what that one thing is what do you say sell everything you have sell everything you have give it to the poor come follow me and when he heard that he really realized 
what position he was in. He couldn't, at that moment in time, he could not come to grips. He could not surrender his wealth. He couldn't do it. He had everything. He was in the right place and heading there. One step. One thing. But he was blind to his position. He was blind to that fact that I have to give it up. <laughs> you want me to give it up? And see, Jesus was only testing his heart. You know? And Jesus says, truly I tell you, no one who has left a home or a wife or a brother or a sister or a parent or children for my sake, for the kingdom of God, will fail to receive many times as much in this age as in the age to come eternal life. So Jesus said to his disciples, look, you know, I know you've given up a lot and you're following me. And what I'm telling you is what I have is more valuable and you will receive much more in return for what you give up. It's hard. That, that, that's, that's, I would say, <laughs> I would say that we rank the majority of us in the rich young rulers category. It's hard to give up. It's hard to surrender. Jesus predicts his death, and, and he even takes his disciples, all of them. He's walked with them now for three years, you know, <laughs> and he says, listen, guys, here's the deal. I've told you this is going to be the, the second or third time I'm telling you. Here's what's going to happen. You know, I've come to this earth. I have, to, I have to be sacrificed. I will be flogged and I will be beaten and I will be ridiculed and I'll be hung on a cross. But in three days, I will raise again. And they look at him and go, what in the world are you talking about? It didn't make any sense to them at all. They were in a position again they just couldn't see. They were blind. And then we have the blind beggar receives his sight. And that, that beggar, <laughs> he, was, he was poor, right? He's a beggar. He's blind. He can't see. But on, what's crazy is, what's crazy is he's in the right position. Doesn't Christ tell us? Don't we know that the first is last, last is first? It's a topsy-turvy, upside-down world in the kingdom. But this guy had, he had a heart that was in line with his position, and his position was he was nothing and nobody. He couldn't see his way out, and the only help that he could even envision he could get was this Jesus of Nazareth. And when he found out, and trust me, he had heard stories, and when he found out that Jesus of Nazareth was walking by, and that was the commotion, he said in his heart, 
I have to get to him. I have to get to him. He is the answer. His position was, I do not care what anybody thinks of me. I don't care if I look like a fool. I know that my sight is in that man's hands. I know my freedom is in his hands, and I'll do whatever it takes. Son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. Son of David, have mercy on me. I'll get his attention. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll be in the position where he has to hear me. And what happened? Jesus stops. Bring him to me. What do you want? I want to see. I want to see. And Jesus said, you can see. He was healed immediately. And he got up and started praising God. And everyone else joined in with him. And that's right outside of Jericho. As he enters Jericho then, we see Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector. And he's short. Right? He's probably been made fun of his whole life because he's short. You know, I, 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 I thought this was interesting when I was doing some study on this. Made me feel tall. But, but during Jesus' time, that, the normal height was 5'6". Oh, yeah, I'm right there, man. And I started thinking, Jesus could have been 5'6". He's right there with me. So, Zacchaeus was even shorter, you know. I don't know how tall he was. It doesn't tell us. But it does let us know his position was that he couldn't see. And, and we do know that his position was hated, you know. He was actually siding with the Romans, collecting the Roman tax, and hated for it. But he was wealthy and thought that 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 makes it all worthwhile. Yeah, they made fun of me when I was a kid, told me I'd never amount to anything. They told me, shorty, shorty, you'll never be anything in life. He goes, I'll show them. You know? He's a tax collector. And he's putting the screws to them with their taxes. And he's loving every minute of it. But he hears about Jesus too. You know, this isn't the first time Jesus has come through Jericho. And, and there's a crowd, and he goes, what in the world's going on? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth is here. And he's going, holy smokes, I want to I see who this guy is. I have to find out who this guy is. And he can't see over the crowd, so what does he do? He beats feet, and he gets in front of them, and he climbs a tree so that he can see Jesus, Right? And as Jesus comes by, what happens? He stops, looks up in the tree and says, Zacchaeus. First off, he knew his name. He knew his name. Tell me, tell me that that wouldn't hit you right here. You just hustled to get a chance to see something, see someone, 
And now, because you got in the right position, you've encountered him. And he looks at you and he says, Zacchaeus. And you're just floored. Next thing he says is, get down immediately. I must go to your house. I must go to your house. And Zacchaeus surrenders. Come to my house. And everyone else is blind, right? They're in the wrong position again. Everyone else starts muttering. I can't believe it. He's going to be with sinners. I can't understand why they're with him. And Zacchaeus, because of that encounter, his heart completely changed. He's in such a position now that he says, Master, right? I'll pay back. If I've wronged anyone, I'll pay them back four times. I'll give half of what I have. He just starts pouring out his heart. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do whatever you say. I'm going to go wherever you want me to go. I'm going I'm to give back. I'm going to make things right. So you see his position. And I looked at all these, and I thought about my own position. I know we always talk about it at some point we weave it through our messages all the time but you know our position our location our proximity to the Savior matters you know position yourself position yourself for that encounter how do you do it humility humility man oh man if pride is in your heart, if you, if you know and think that you can do it all, you know everything, you're all about yourself, I'm telling you, you are in the wrong position. You, you're in a position that's, that's not. That, that, that's, the, that's the Pharisee. I got it covered, Lord. You should be thankful that you got me as a guy that follows you, you know? I give tenth of everything I have. I fast once a week. I do this. I do that. He was so far off the mark, man. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. I'm a sinner. That position, that position is the right place to be. You know, One of the other things I noticed in a lot of these encounters, and I see it all through the Bible, is there's a there's a there's a faith that comes with a tenacity and a hunger for God. You know, I don't I don't know what to call that. I don't know if faith is the right word, but there's a there's a faith tenacity, there's a there's a faith hunger, there's a there's a there's a position that you can be in that you know deep down in you, you know in your knower that he is my answer and that everything I've read, everything I heard about him is true, and I have to, I have to encounter him. I have to meet him, I have to see him, I have to be with him. That faith that tenacity is always, God always honors that. I see that. You come with that humility and that tenacity, and he says, your faith has healed you. Your faith has set you free. But so often we have a faith 
Ah, yeah, we got it covered. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I met Jesus when I was a kid, and, you know, there's, there's no hunger and thirst for righteousness, you know? That's what he tells us, right? To seek first that kingdom and everything that's in it, to hunger and thirst for that. That tenacity, that faith that you'll run ahead of the crowd, you'll climb the tree, you'll get in the position to see him. You, you, along the road, he's passing, and you'll cry out, Son of David, you'll look like a fool to get in that position. But we don't want to look like a fool. We, we, we don't want to humble ourselves. We got everything covered. We know exactly where we're at. We're good, yeah, we got some struggles, but I think we'll figure it out. And then you know the other thing that I, that I noticed in most of these was a surrender, you know? A surrendered position. The rich young ruler, right? He, he comes to him, and I think there's humility in his heart. I think there's a tenacity and a faith. But I think when he, he encounters that and, and, and is actually brought to the point to make that decision, I can't do it. I can't do it. You're, you're asking me to give up everything I know. You're, you're asking me, you know, you're, you're asking me to give this up. No, 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 I, you don't understand. I was coming to you to get more. I, I was coming to you to get more. And you're asking me to give up. You know? I think a lot of us find ourselves in that position because we've accepted him. We're humble. You know, we have some faith and some tenacity. But, but every time we get to that one point, uh, and we're always brought there, and he says, you know what? You lack just one thing. You, la- you lack just one thing. Give it up give it up and you go I can't, I can't do it I think it's true I think it's true for for the encounter we have with Christ to actually become his child I think it's true but I think it's true in our maturing as a Christian as we as we go on that process that some people talk about sanctification you know as we go in that process to get deeper and know him more I think you're going to always encounter these places where you come with humility and tenacity and you come to this place where he says okay let's go deeper with me now surrender this you go I I can't do it he said that's a shame because you know where I wanted to take you you know what I wanted to do in your heart you know where you know what my plans are for you and see the funny thing is that that lack of surrender is actually pride. It's actually pride. It's actually you think that you know better what you need to do in your life than God. And you've decided, you've decided no. You know what? I'm good. I've been here my whole Christian life. I know Jesus is my Savior. I don't, I don't know if I need any more. And he says, man, I'm telling you, 
there is so much more. There's so much more. <clears throat> you know, that, that position, those, those positions of our heart matter. You know, they matter. They, they, they matter. The positions of our body matter too. Be still. Slow down. You know? Sometimes, sometimes our body, you know, they've done studies and stuff that say that, that, that it is true, you know. You feel crappy, but you start smiling. You can actually start feeling happier, you know. Depression, slumped shoulders, laying around. They say, you know what? They actually show that you can, you can by force of will, you can make yourself start to feel better. Is that crazy or what? But our position matters, you know? A humble heart, a faith with tenacity, a surrender. And you know, the beautiful thing is do it again then. (laughs) Do it again. Do it again. If you haven't, If you haven't encountered him, then do it now. And if you have encountered him, do it again. Do it again. Do it again. It's every day before him in the right position with the faith and tenacity that believes, with the surrender, with the surrender that comes from a love that goes deep within him. Mm. Let's, start, let's start that right position today, you know? Let's start that, that, that right position today. You know, we stand every week we've been standing for this healing. And you know, that is the right position. But if you're standing with pride in your heart, and you're standing without humility, and you're standing without surrender. I'm, 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 I'm wondering if he isn't saying to you, and only you know this, you know, only you know this, if he's saying to you, you know what? Surrender this. You know what? Give this up. You know, only you know that. Only you know if your heart's going, I want more. Man, I want more, Lord. I want more, but I don't understand how to get it. You know? Only you know, only you know what he's whispering into your ear. You know, only you know if you're that faithful widow that's going every day, every day, every day. And I'm going to ask you to keep going, keep praying, keep seeking keep running ahead and climbing that tree. And you know, the crazy thing is, (laughs) Zacchaeus climbed the tree. Jesus asked him to come down because he was going up a tree, you know? No, no, you come down, I'll go up. You come down, I'll go up. 
you know. So let's bow our heads. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up, but I'm asking the Lord to, to keep going. So, so I'm, I'm asking you that if you're in that place where you're hearing him say, surrender, you're hearing him say, come to me with tenacity, you're hearing him say, humble yourself. I'm going to ask you to do it. Do it. You know, it also says that, uh, that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord, that he'll save us. Dear Heavenly Father, right now, as, uh, as we position ourselves, as we bow our hearts before you, Lord, as we position ourselves, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. Lord, you know our hearts cry. You know those that need a healing. You know those that need a humbling. You know those that need set free. You know those that, Lord, they want more. We want more, but we don't know what's stopping us. Lord, I asked, as Tobin even said this morning, Lord, I asked that you would reveal those things to us. Lord, and I asked that you would give us the faith, the tenacity, the surrender to turn it over to you. So, Father, Son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Lord Jesus, you are an amazing God. You are an awesome God. I turn this day over to you. I turn this instant over to you. I ask that you touch us. That you get all the glory and all the praise and the honor. In your most holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.